fantasy player option 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 ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to rumble what up and welcome in in the place to be just snagged a touchdown from the mvp whether home league or standard or ppr we'll give you insights to take you real far but we live to have fun and we do it for the game it's that ground and pound look as we move the chains bringing hype or the ha-has when you're on the go tune in and grab a seat because it's the fpo Welcome in, come one, come all to the FPO Game Show. Back at it again for episode two. I am Kane Rob. I'm joined with my typical co-hosts, Sam Durrell and Tanner Larson. And we have a guest for you today. He is a co-host of the Fantasy Intervention Podcast at join our circle if you haven't heard it the biggest thing that i need to prep you with is this man knows how to shit talk he is a king (laughs) in that department and i'm just gonna leave it at that but you can find him at the best handle ever and all i'm gonna say right here is daddy's home daddy is home so welcome our (laughs) guest mike from the fantasy intervention how are you doing what's up man how you guys doing tonight Good, man. We're excited to have you on. Man, I'm stoked to be here. Like we were saying earlier, I mean, I caught that first show. That was wild. Uh, My man, Jake, (laughs) we were DMing afterwards. I'm like, dang, man, I don't know how I'm going to be able to put on a show like you did because he absolutely crushed it. One of the best, best people in the community. So hearing that first show, I got a little nervous trying to keep up with them, you know, (laughs) that that was that was gold. So I'm just looking forward to having some fun tonight. Yeah, he uh he set the bar real high. Like I just I couldn't so I couldn't even high. he really he did. like exceeded expectations <laughs> at every level, every step of the way through that podcast. So we'll see how you do, Mike. I mean our job our job is to kinda try to catch you off guard and I feel like he caught oh, us yeah. off guard oh, off so I was just like Man. Dude, he turned those tables so fast. <laughs> right. All right. So we're going to jump right into it again. We're not here. We love your family. We don't know your family, but we're not going to ask you about your family because Tanner, what is our saying? We don't care about your family. There hey, it is. Hey, hey. Just kidding. We care about you. We care about your family. And <laughs> we, we're we going to save that for all the other podcasts. We just want to jump into the meat and the bones and have some I fun with you. I will say though, I will be asking a small question about his family. And it's something that we had talked about once before. You probably don't remember it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens when we get there. All right. And since Sam is breaking that number one rule, we're taking applications for oh, new co-hosts as well. So feel free to send those we just our way. started. What the heck? You're kicking me off already? <laughs> Man, episode two. We're going to start it off right away with a question. All right, here we go. So we're in a different reality. I'm taking you to a different timeline of the pandemic where this season didn't happen. It wasn't able to happen. And a bunch of teams took a financial hit. So you, for some reason, they called you up, Mike. I don't know how you have that authority, but they called you up and said, you have to cut an entire division. What is the division that's on the chopping block for you? What four teams are getting the ax? Are you, are you serious? You're going to start me off with a softball? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so here's the thing. Like There is one division uh, that not only is the worst football played, that you will ever see in your life, but also all those fans 
all y'all can screw. You can take your NFC East. You can go the hell home. I'm done with y'all. You're trash under 500 teams. Not a single quarterback that I give a rat's ass about. Get them out of here. I wish this was soccer. We could relegate all of them to like the minor <laughs> leagues where they could go play oh, Croatia uh, because that's where they belong. Realistically, give me a couple of the ACC teams. We could actually get some competition going. But NFC oh, East, God. wow. Easy. Bring me something hard next hey. time, man. Oh, oh, you just brought oh, the heat on the NFC okay. No love for Dak Prescott? Yeah, I was like, Dak Prescott, fan? come on, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Where's Dak right now? Dak is getting dangled by a garbage franchise with an egotistical owner. They didn't even put him in the promo video. Yeah, I'm I know. The I no respect for Dak. It's the Cowboys. Yeah, and I'm true. only hoping they let that man out of town so he can play in a real division against actual <laughs> football teams. That's fair. Spit That's fair. Facts out here. Spit yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I love y'all. All of my NFC East fans, don't unfollow me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's back, backtracking, backtracking. I'm just kidding. Y'all can leave. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. All right. So. You know, we, we we got we got some some roasting of other people out there, right? So now let's do a little roasting of our own selves. What is the worst fantasy take hill that you have died upon, right? So you just went down with that ship, and it that take did not work out for you. Oh, so my take uh, not only was it a fantasy take, but also an NFL take where I legitimately tore into the Buccaneers. Like one of my tweets that went big was talking about how Bruce Arians was playing fantasy football, except he was using the 2016 rankings when he built the Buccaneers team. Uh, So I tweeted that out. I had the great gif of him snapping his neck and looking confused. Uh, And that thing took off. Uh, So not only did I tear into them for fantasy purposes, uh, I tore into them for NFL purposes. And legitimately, you have never seen like retribution come as quickly as it did two months later where I'm just sitting there watching my former quarterback take what I call the trash team all the way man it it was fast so to everyone that is sitting there now in the NFC East I don't know a damn thing about football. Y'all are probably fine. <laughs> Just clearly you can tell because I compared the Buccaneers to the early 2000s Washington team with Bruce Smith and Deion Sanders. I called them over-the-hill superstars Oof. and straight trash. And, man, <laughs> man, that was quick how wrong I was. That thing came back fast and yep. hit me square in the face. I mean, I don't think you're the only one that was surprised what happened. I think most of the football world is pretty uh, – it was amazing what t- uh, that team did this year with Tom Brady. So, But all right, so let's pivot into this family question that apparently they're going to throw me off the show for. So, Mike, the first time I think I met you, we were in the Undroppables Listener League together, I think is yep. what the league that we were in together. And uh, I think you would probably remember me sending you multiple offers for your, uh, your boy, Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to do a quote from you in one of our DMs. I would trade you one of my kids before I trade Jonathan Taylor. It's yeah. something you said. And so um, in terms of dynasty value, where do your ki- kids compare to Jonathan Taylor? Uh, so you probably like if, if you were trying to get Jonathan Taylor from me and let's just say in an alternate universe, like you had my kids. 
um, you know, probably would have to add like an Antonio Gibson to the deal uh, <laughs> for me to even consider it. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor is is otherworldly right now in Dynasty. Uh, so you'd have to bring like another piece to make oh, that yeah. deal. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying like I'm not going to go as far as saying like DeAndre Swift. Uh, you know, I, I, I put a little more value there, but, but probably a Gibson type, maybe an Eckler, uh, would be about the difference, I'd say, in, in, in value. Uh, I, I, and I think that'd be a, a decently fair deal. And do your kids know that you're comparing them to Jonathan Taylor? Oh, yeah, no, they wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, raised, we raised them early. So they're, they're, they're good. They know how great Taylor is. They know how much, uh, dad had to put in to make that deal. So, uh, they, they know I don't take Jonathan Taylor lightly. <laughs> They'd be like, dad, great work. You got a great deal here. We're very proud of you. Get it done. Bye. Just make the move. Make the move. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move into our last question before we hit those games up. And that's a little deep dive that we did into your Twitter. Uh, we like to call this Explain Yourself. Mm. So I pulled up a handful of your tweets from over the last couple months and just want to pick your brain a little bit about where you were at when you were tweeting some of these things mm. or just ask me for a little bit more insight on them. And so the first one I got for you is this reminds me of a time my ex said no when I said I wanted to break up. I was so confused. We were together for two more weeks until I figured out she couldn't do that. <laughs> I, I, I just need to know where your head was at when she said no over the course of those two oh, weeks. Like, yeah. how many times did you look back and you were just like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so so we, we've, we've talked about this like a lot, uh, you know, amongst my friends about how I feel about conflict. Uh, so there was a question that came up where they asked, like, when you get fast food or whatever, you check the bag. And I said, no, because what's the difference? If I ordered a cheeseburger and they gave me a filet of fish, I'm having filet of fish that night. I, I, I don't want to embarrass somebody <laughs> um, and tell them that they were wrong. Uh, so at that point, realistically, what's going on in my head, number one was, Man, did I did I screw up? Like I, I don't I don't like this person. Um I don't want to be around them anymore. And uh then it turned to, huh, well I'm already here. I mean I drove all this way and we did have dinner plans, so I guess what one dinner and literally just kept kicking the can down the road. And uh, about two weeks later what happened was she had called me because there was a christening for one of her cousins and I was trying to watch football. So what she did was she eventually challenged the thing that I loved most. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, can't do I, that. I, I was like, I'm already watching football. And she goes, if you love me, you'd be down here. And I remember being like, but I, I actually told you I didn't two weeks ago and asked to break up. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, so, so we could just do that now. And, um, and, and, and then I hung up the phone before she had a chance to reverse it again oh, no. um, because, because I was so nervous that she might say no again. I wasn't really certain. And then what you'd to be do. stuck. You'd still be with her now. <laughs> We'd probably be married because I don't like conflict. Um, oh so really what was going through my head was a very good picture of who I am as a person where like I, I just don't like telling people they're wrong. So she's like, no, I don't think so. I'm like, oh. Okay, well, I tried. And, you know, (laughs) then we just went about our business. Like, that that's just kind of didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I I thought we could maybe, she would realize that she was dating someone who's really not all that, you guys see, not all that attractive um, personality, you know, average at best. Uh, So I thought maybe she would see it as an opportunity to, you know, (laughs) uh, know, decouple with me and have it be amicable. 
Uh, and when it wasn't, I was a little thrown off. Uh, so yeah, we dated for two weeks longer, uh, because I was scared to find out I was wrong and just said, okay, let's just go with it. <laughs> I can't even blame you for that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I see where you're coming from. It makes sense. But we're going to, we're going <laughs> to jump into the second tweet here. And I know I've had conversations with you on Twitter about it before. We talked about what fictional deaths in movies like just shook you. Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about this. (laughs) It's a little bit different from that. But I just – I want to know the top five or even top three. We can cut it down. Movies that you had absolutely no business crying in but it got to you. It just – it hit the heartstrings. You know what I'm saying? Do you have any of those out Oh yeah! Oh, you're talking like the random ones, like not the really sad ones that everyone cries about. Right, not the intentional ones that they tried to make you cry. I'm talking the ones that are absolutely not supposed to make you cry, but somehow it it just pulled on your heartstrings and got you going. Oh man! All right. So first off, I cry like every movie, man. So I could probably give you a list of fifty. I I I am a lot of work when this happens. Uh, So I can give you the first one, and uh, you you guys, you guys are a little young. Let's see if you remember this one: Finding Forrester. Uh, so do you, mm-hmm. you ever see that one, Sean Connery? I don't think so. Oh, I don't think so. It's a great movie. So basically this kid from the hood makes friends with this old author and he never leaves his house. He's like agoraphobic or whatever you call it, right? Uh, and he goes to this private school and they accuse him of cheating because he had learned to write from this guy. And they were going to throw him out of school, but this guy never leaves his house. Like He never leaves this apartment, but he did for his friend. And he validated that he gave him permission to use the writing after the racist teacher was trying to get him thrown out of school. And he's like, I'm William Forrester. I'm that one right there. Cause they had this painting on the wall. Cause he was a famous author. And it wasn't even that sad of a scene, but I, I, I bought I, I <laughs> Sean Connery, you know, RIP with that accent and everything that, that man could hit me like with anything. So, so that one got me, uh, you know, without question realistically you know any movie where you know where they're friends and things aren't you know going the way they're supposed to especially like animals man like if you're talking like a homeward bound or something like i'm cheering for that dog to you know find his way home uh you know anytime you see like lassie saving somebody i'll ball my eyes out and anything sports related like those underdog teams when you give me the mighty ducks i'll get a little bit torn <laughs> up mighty ducks, hawks, yes. right like when they take Hello. down the hawks and everyone's vindicated yeah man i get a little misty i'm not i'm not ashamed to say it it's good it's a cleansing thing right i love but it. yeah we could do a whole podcast of movies i've cried to you but you can name a Pixar <laughs> movie that got me i don't care which one it was soul Coco, every one of the Toy Stories, even Ratatouille, that dude finally got his big <laughs> break. Right? Like, I get, oh, I get a little word. misty, man. It I would love matter. to see you crying to Ratatouille. It, <laughs> it, it, it happens, man. You're talking like, you know, Remy is pulling the hair, uh, and that dude is cooking, and all of a sudden, like, Just him and the French chef get together, and they're, like, in love, and the rat is <laughs> cooking, and everyone's happy. And it's, like, it's beautiful how they all came together despite their differences. It was lovely yeah <laughs> i'm literally uh, the complete opposite and i never cry so i'm just i'm heartless you know oh that's 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 scary yeah, Sam, I, yeah that's scary man i actually did just watch soul tonight and i did get a little teary a little I was say, if you didn't a get little, a little teary at least in that one we're for sure taking applications on that new host <laughs> yeah that's, that's psychotic right. bro tell me you've seen coco because coco should have you a puzzle for, for for like a month man coco yeah, is I mean, a lot of works for a dude, month that like I said, man, I'm cold hearted. I guess I definitely Ooh, enjoy the movies. I just 
the most I get is just a little little teary. You can kind of see my eyes glossing over a little bit, and that's about it. But oh, that's that's frightening. Yeah, you should probably get checked out, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'd, probably. <laughs> we need to move on from Sam's heartless, wretched soul. <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, that's we're going to move to the next and final tweet. Not sure how accurate the use or freeze by dates are on the meat I got from the supermarket last week, but we're about to find out. So I have two questions here. One, did this turn out okay? Did or or were there some repercussions? And then two, I need two fantasy players that are the same as that reaction is what happened with this used by meat. All right. So as far as the reaction goes, uh, yeah, that that hurt a bit. Uh, and I don't know if it was my head or my stomach making it happen. But, man, that thing felt like it was trying to come out the belly button, if you know what I mean. Oh, that, right? Yeah. Like what it, the fuck? Yeah, I've it never was not, heard that that oh, analogy before. I don't know. No, man. That. Yeah, it was, it was going <laughs> heading in the wrong direction. And, uh, yeah, so that was that was a bad day. So, so, yeah, it was about, I think it was like five or six days over when I was supposed to use it. But it looked okay. So I just figured, you know, I was too lazy to go to the store. So I figured let's give it a go. Um, and it reminded me of, of having Mark Ingram on my team this year. Like Ooh, I went into it with high one. hopes, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm thinking like, Hey, this could work out pretty well. Uh, certainly, you know, I could get something younger. That's probably safer, like a JK Dobbins, but this was the manager special on sale. I got him for cheap and it, I could make a meal out of this guy. And by the time I had him on my roster and by the time I realized he was expired, it was too late. Uh, and it felt like he was kicking me from the inside. So Mark Ingram to me is like tainted pork. And, uh, you know, I did not enjoy that experience at all either. So that was really, I guess, Mark Ingram, the one I would compare most to the pork that I ate that night. Uh, neither of which am I really happy to say that I started off having high hopes for. Uh, both of them ended up pretty rough on the stomach for me that year. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir here because Sam is one of the biggest Mark Ingram oh. truthers out here. So he feels you. It's <laughs> so sad. Rest in peace, Mark Ingram's career. But uh, he was great for he was great for a while. But you know, it just definitely did not happen this year. And I'm also very sad by that. So I'm right there with you. But at least we have company. Yeah, man, that was rough. All right, should we get into the game shows? Let's do it. All right, so with the first one, we're going to kick it off with the SmackDown. And I know that I talked to Mike beforehand so he could get prepared for this. He's going to talk about Derek Carr today. And, you know, I don't know what you're going to say, but we got some some rules. And I'm sure you heard some of the rules that we gave Jake mm-hmm. from last week. So, essentially how this is going to work is you're going to give us your spiel. But during that, you cannot say the words... Raiders, pass or passing, and ums or us. And we are, and there's going to be a few punishments, but I'm not going to tell you them beforehand. And uh, yeah, let let's hear it. Let's let's hear you lay the smackdown on Derek Carr. All right, so let's talk about Derek Carr. Derek Carr is that moped of the NFL. That person that's going to get you from point A to point B, but you don't want to tell your friends that's who you're riding with. This man has thrown for 4,000 yards almost every season of his career. He did have one injury-shortened season where he came about 3,500. He's about as bankable as you get. 
there have been almost no interception on his record. And the best part, the best part about Derek Carr is that all of you fools that play fantasy football are letting him go at quarterback 23 to 25 ADP every single season when the man finishes between 12 and 15. What type of return on investment are you going to get on that? You know who you're picking ahead of Derek Carr usually? You're going with Sam Bradford because you have no idea how this game is played. You're going with Jared Goff. You are picking up trash instead of picking up treasure. My man may not be sexy except when he's wearing a jean jacket because, my goodness, that gets me going. (laughs) But Derek Carr is bankable. He's not going to hurt you. And you can get him in the seventh to ninth round where you can build your team with actual skill players. He is gold in one quarterback. He is gold in super flex. He is that guy that will return an ADP three rounds higher than where you drafted him, whether you like it or not, but keep sleeping on him because I keep cashing out. Wow. Back-to-back smackdowns, man. We are off to a hot start. That was way too easy on Mike. Way too easy. What what am I doing? I'm a horrible game master to lay the smackdown. What am I doing? So here's the thing, Sam. Now you need to lay the smackdown, okay? Because Mike just smacked down on you, buddy, okay? Let's go. Yeah, well, no, I'm the one getting smacked down for sure on this. I just got he just dunked me for sure. Oh, wow! Boy. Yeah, dude, that was awesome, and I, I'm I love Derek Carr. So I'm, I, I, I am a big fan game. of Derek Carr as well. I I actually shipped him in, the, in my dynasty league. I ended up with a a really high first uh, first round pick, so I'm happy with it. But it was sad to see him go. He's the old reliable, you know. I love Derek Sam, Carr. Sam, Mike's over here in the deep end doing the breaststroke and easily just swimming or laps around you, and you're over in the <laughs> kiddie pool right now. And guess what? You're going to get a chance to take a shot back at him in our final game. But you got to step it up because he just owned you right there. Owned you. I know. I know. I I made – well, the thing is now we've had two people back-to-back who are just absolutely just destroying the SmackDown. So, you know – we got to make some adjustments, man. We got to make some adjustments. That's what we're People about. People are going forward, though. Nice job, Mike. That was Mad awesome. Mad props. Yes, was- and you need yeah, to listen to Mike and get out there and get Derek Carr. Otherwise, he's going to keep cashing yeah. in, and you're making it too easy for him. But let's move on to game two. <laughs> Tanner, it's over to you. All right, folks. So we got a rendition of Guess That Player. This week, we will be doing only players that are now – on TV. So ex NFL players that are either, you know, color commentators for like Sunday night football or they're on like, um, you know, part of the interruption or whatever sports show that you watch, listen to. Right. Ex NFL players that are now on TV or radio. Okay. So Sounds the way that good. this is going to work is I'm just going to give you one clue at a time and you will all buzz in with your names. Again, this is partially a matter of who's got the best internet connection. Um, so the other thing with the clues, they will get more specific as you go. So you can kind of take that risk early on if you're feeling really good about that first clue, or you can wait it out. The risk obviously with waiting it out is somebody might buzz in before you. So there's the game. Let's hop right into it. First player. Uh, this former player was drafted by the Eagles, but never actually played a snap. Second clue. This sportscaster was also an extremely successful head coach and coached his team to the Super Bowl in 1976. Clue number three. He is known for his fear of flying. Mike. And he's also known for his – go for it, Mike. 
John Madden. John Madden, you are correct. Mike's on the board. Let's Mike's go. Mike's about to Mike. just absolutely roll all the me again. It's just gonna it's gonna happen. Speak right. for yourself, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Ken, Ken is not giving up that easy. Sam, on the other hand, yeah. he's already out of the game. Although you guys are kicking me off the podcast anyways. So. True, true. You're right. You're yeah. right. All right, player number two. This player had a 1,000-yard season with the Minnesota Vikings. This player was a wide receiver who played on two different NFC North teams. Kanan. Go for it, Kanan. Greg Jennings. That's a great guess, but it's not Greg Jennings. Okay. This former player just commentated Sam. on Nick. Go ahead. Sam. Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson. Let's go! Woo! Dang. Yes. So, I, that, to finish that clue, he did the Nickelodeon game, which I just find hilarious. Also, right. one more fun Nate Burleson fact for all, all my folks out there. When he was still a player, he got in a car accident because he was eating pizza while he was driving, and he dropped the pizza on the floor and reached down to grab it and then got in a car accident. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had that as one of my clues. It was the last clue, but I just had to make that note because I just think that's uh, a fun fact. What for are you doing, Nate Burleson? I know. I like, <laughs> actually, I love. We got to have him on the show and ask him, did he eat the pizza still? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in the car accident. <laughs> if you crash for it, you better be eating that pizza afterwards. That's all I'm saying. All right, next player. This player was an elite wide receiver and set his franchise record for receptions during his rookie season. Mike. Go for it. Randy Moss. And it is not Randy Moss. Whew. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Kanan. Go for it. Chad Johnson. And not Chad Johnson. Oh, I he- know it now. He is known for a certain phrase where he goes on a little bit of a monologue after. He goes, now here's a guy. Come on, Sam. Come on. This former player is often impersonated by Joey Molinaro. Sam, you're killing me. You are killing me right now. (laughs) Sam. Go for it. I, oh, no. The only person I can think of that... That he impersonates a bunch is Chris Collinsworth. I don't think he's wide receiver though. It's, a, it's Chris Collinsworth. Oh, Chris let's go! He I was even... the man. Chris Collinsworth was a deadly wide receiver. Um, wow. One Super Bowls, Pro Bowl type of guy, All Pro. Yeah, Chris. Chris Collinsworth. Literally. Yeah. Doesn't had doesn't no idea. At, yeah, he doesn't look at it all. But yeah, he, no. the dude used to be elite. All right. I just I just know that he impersonates uh, Chris Collinsworth all the time. That was the only yes. reason I got that. So he does a it. great impersonation too. I love those yeah, videos so much. Yeah. All right. Next player. Here we go. This one is actually going to be a special. Here, I'm only going to give you one clue. You either get it or you don't. Okay. Oh. This oh, is boy. the clue. You play to win the game. <laughs> Mike. Mike, go for it. That is Herm Edwards, my man. That is Herm Edwards. You are correct. <laughs> Mike, you are killing. Okay, so, Wait, let's, so- do a, let's do a quick tally so far. So um, we got Mike with one and two. Sam with two as well. So it's two for Sam, two for Mike, and then Kanan is stuck at zero. Let's see if we can get him out of that Kanan, hole. Kanan, how are you doing Come all the way in. down there? Come back, kid. Here we go. <laughs> so this player um, – 
was a on the defensive side of the ball, and he won two Super Bowls. He was a first-round pick in 1999 by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike. Warren mm. Sapp. Very close, but no. <laughs> All right. Um, he famously said that defensive linemen wouldn't use the bathroom during games. Quote, you sat in the bench and you did your business and then you got up. Another famous quote by him is, games in this league are lost more than they're won. Oh, is, oh, 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 oh. No, go ahead, dear. He is game. known for his nonsensical commentating. Kanan? Kanan. Is it Rondé Barber? Not Rondé Barber. <laughs> Sam. Sam. Man. Uh, Booger? McFarlane, it's right? Booger I'm McFarlane. I'm tripping. Just, I, the first clue was a defensive lineman, and I came out of left field you with a back over here. I mean, <laughs> my God. Kane, and I was I was cracking up for that. I was I was stuck on the Super Bowls and the right. uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, right, so I was right. thinking about like the defensive tackle right next to him on that team. So right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but that second that's goal, I was like, oh, I, I think Mike, I got we're it. so close, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, okay, so next player. This former player is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Sam. Yep. Troy Aikman. Damn. Wow, he busted early that and was, he scores. That was I was my, about to do that. Right, that was <laughs> my same guess, and I was just like, no, nah, he's, he's trying Joe to Buck set me up. Joe Buck says it every time. Yeah, Joe Buck says it every time. Yep. All fame, Troy Aikman. That is correct. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I thought these clues for this next player were kind of fun, so here we go. This player was undrafted and went on to have an extremely successful career. Mike. Yes, Mike. Tony Romo. Good guess, but no. I thought we were doing Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks. <laughs> right, it very well could have been. Uh, during his first season as a starter, he won the league and Super Bowl MVP. Kanan. Kanan. Kurt Warner? Kurt Warner, yeah. Wow. On the board, I mean, baby. That's, I mean, can you believe that? A guy going from undrafted first year as a yeah. starter. Killing it, man! Unreal. And Keenan is main. officially on the board. We, just, just for a standings update here, we got Keenan with one, Sam with four, and Mike with two. Come on, right. Mike. We got. You're supposed to crush me. Relax with your wild guess, there, champ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, it was just one guess. Come on. You had two. Chris Collinsworth and Troy Aikman. You know what you pulled that out of. Oh, <laughs> man. Where my pork went after I was done with it. I knew I was ahead in that on the Troy Aikman one, so I was like, I'm just gonna go for it. We'll see. <laughs> all right, next player here. He retired as the all-time leader at his position in reception, yards, and touchdowns. Mike. Mike. Tony Gonzalez. Great guess, but no. Killing me. These are all correct. <laughs> and see, that's the risk of the game is that that is the correct answer for Tony Gonzalez. But this player is not Tony Gonzalez. This former player might be best known for um, his best soundbite, rather, might be him yelling his co-host's name. He played... For the Denver Broncos. Kanan. Kanan, let's hear it. Shannon Sharp. 
Shannon Sharp. Oh, yeah, duh. Shannon Sharp. Yeah, that was so obvious. Yep. Skip. Skip. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, nice. wild, right? Two guys, Tony Gonzalez and Shannon Sharp, both retired as the leaders at the position. This wow. time it was Shannon Sharp. All right, last player here. So Kanan comes roaring back with a solid two points here. We are mathematically um, already guaranteed a winner for Sam here. But let's do the let's last go. one just for fun. Let's do it. TJ. Oh, I just said the name. Holy balls. <laughs> I just started reading. I just went on autopilot. Okay. Yeah. What the heck, man? <laughs> Can you get. Let, let, that's your guess. Okay. TJ Hushmanzada. There it yeah, is, Mike. That's why I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. My, my clues were so good for this one, too. Lord. Let's, let's uh, hear the clues. Let's hear yeah, the clues. I want to hear it. There is a 12-letter difference between his first and last name. Played for the Bengals. And the other the other one I had on here, just for fantasy Twitter, because I know this circulated fantasy Twitter a lot, um, he famously criticized DJ Moore for not being an elite wide receiver, although Moore had already gained more yards in a season than he ever had. That was my other quote. Oh, so, roasted. Yes. Roasted. So we ended up with Sam at four. Kanan at two and Mike at three. And there is name that player for this week. So what's my prize? What, what do I get for winning this game, Tanner? Come on. I'll give you a big old kiss. We <laughs> are the champion. All right. Anyways. You get to keep your co-host position. That's, That's your right. prize. Barely. Oh, yes. Barely. <laughs> Nailed it. Mike, what would you say your biggest takeaway from the 2020 football season was this year? Oh, man. My biggest takeaway, well, number one is never bet against Brady. I mean, we covered that, that in, true. in yep, my absolutely. trash takes. Uh, and if you want to look, talk about fantasy, and one of the things that I learned most about this particular year, specifically in Dynasty, is not making a play for running backs in the offseason, particularly pre-draft. Unless you're talking about one of these stud players, you're really running the risk. Like you might feel real good about Marlon Mack. A lot of us did you hey, you might have felt great about Mark Ingram. Right? Yeah. That there were that mid range running backs and realistically if you're not gonna gain much ADP between now and April. Even mm-hmm. when the draft is passed, even when you realize they haven't lost their job, a lot of the starting role is baked into their ADP. So realistically, you're talking about in that running back two range, those that went from 13 to 24, Mm. honestly, none of them climbed into the top 10. It just didn't happen. And you're talking an ADP swing of maybe three spots. Maybe they went from running back 15 to running back 12. We've talked about an Austin Eckler. That was a special case because people expected Melvin Gordon to come back, then he didn't. But what you're more likely to run into is on Johnson. Who dropped like twenty yeah. spots, right? Like right. Yeah. on the spot. So right. realistically, you're. I know what you're thinking right now. It's February. You're bored. There ain't much going on. Hell, it's cold out in a lot of places. Let's go make some deals. And I promise you, if you're making deals from that running back twelve to twenty four range, you're feeling pretty good about yourself because you just picked up a David <sighs> Montgomery. Um, you probably, at best, you paid market value. So the guys that I'm talking about right now, realistically, Zeke Elliott, James Robinson, uh, Miles Sanders, and Clyde Edwards-Elair. 
Uh, yeah. Those are guys I'm not necessarily looking at. When you look at right below that, and you talk about David Montgomery, you talk about Josh Jacobs, you talk about guys in that range of running back. That's the group that realistically I'm not looking at until probably the April time frame. If I had to venture a guess on Najee and Javante Williams, I, I do think they'll end up in a spot that isn't occupied by a current running back. I, I do think there's enough openings this year uh, that maybe like in Atlanta or a Buffalo, like maybe Devin Singletary is really the guy who's at risk more than anybody else. Possibly even Seattle now with Chris Carson not coming back. Yeah. But you also have to worry about a lot of the guys in the movie. We just talked about Carson, maybe Aaron Jones. There's a lot of shifting happening. So unless you're certain that this is the guy, I'd be careful. Um, right. Jacobs, for example, I, I have no doubt will be the starter in Vegas. I have no doubt about it that Jacobs will be the starter in Vegas. However, what if they pick up a better pass catching back than right. Devontae Booker? What if they somehow <laughs> make a move for Naeem Hines Which or something be hard. like that? Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Now you're talking about in PPR, a significant hit to this guy's ceiling. So yeah. the fact is, when you trade for Jacobs right now, when you trade for Dave Montgomery right now, people are asking for the price. That is the starter of the Chicago Bears or right. the or the Vegas Raiders. That's as good as it's going to get. You don't get to be super starter. That's not the way right. life works, right? <laughs> so when you look at it, there's no risk in waiting till April. It's not going to hurt you. The only thing you're risking is your own sanity because you're bored. Um, but making a deal now before free agency, before the draft, realistically is a losing bet. Don't bother. You're Best bet is you're going to break even. Um, you're the casino's dream. Don't do that. Just just flat out don't. That's where you get in trouble. Um, we talk about worst takes we've had as as analysts and as players. I once traded two first round picks for Zach Stacy a month before they drafted. <laughs> that oh, is oh, he's out here. He's out here spitting facts, and this is exactly why we bring on Mike. We might be out here having fun and having game shows, but this is the knowledge that we like to squeak in there, and that's why oh, yeah. we bring experts like Mike. And now we're going to jump into this final game and have some fun with it. It's called Let oh, yeah. Me Holla. I don't know if you've watched around the horn at some point in your life. Most people have. It's very similar. So I'm going to give you guys topics. I've kind of already prepped you with them. We might not hit them all. We might hit all of them. But each of you will have about 30 seconds to give me the facts on why your take is correct. And you will be muted if you go above these 30 seconds. I love now, it. Yes. You can take your you can take your time to tell me why whatever somebody else said is wrong as well. And I can subtract points. But I will be giving out points for the pet. For the points that you are making. So let's jump in oh right to it. All right. So the first one, we're jumping in with the hottest topic right away. I'm not going in order of the show sheet. I'm not going in order of the list I gave you. First topic we're jumping in with, and Sam, you're going first, is oh the boy. best landing spot for Deshaun Watson. The floor is yours. All right. So to me, there are 21 teams that I have no question that they should be going after Deshaun Watson. And so I chose about three three teams that I thought would be good landing spots that they don't have to give up too much that their team ends up being bad to get Deshaun Watson. And my top team is the 49ers. Um, I just think the 49ers have a very balanced roster. They have good weapons. And, um, you know, I just think Deshaun Watson on the 49ers is going to make them a contender in uh, their division, and I just I think there's no question. 
Tanner, you have the floor. You have the floor. Yes. Sam, you stole all my thunder, buddy, because I was going 49ers as well. But I'll actually give you the reasons why instead of just saying 49ers. Um, they have a great offensive line, unlike the um, the Texans, right? We have Trent Williams there. He was the best-rated left tackle in the last season by PFF. I know PFF, right? But regardless, Trent Williams is a great guy to have on your team. You got Brandon Ayuk there. You got Debo Samuel. You got Shanahan. It just makes so much sense. It looks like if if Watson goes there, it's an immediate dynasty. There's no doubt. You got the head coach, you got the offensive line, you got the weapons, and you got the quarterback. I just think that if he goes to the 49ers, it all hell breaks loose in the NFL, and suddenly the 49ers are going to be that team challenging uh, the, the AFC every single year. All right, Mike, close it out. You guys are off your rocker. Deshaun Watson is going to the Jets, and Deshaun Watson will provide the Jets with the first AFC East title they have had in almost 20 years. The fact is what you have right now is one of the best rush defenses in football. The Jets do not give up anything on the ground. You have that draft capital. They have the number two and 23 picks, not to mention multiple picks in the second and the third. You have Denzel Mim, Jameson Crowder, Chris Herndon. You have plenty of weapons for that man to make things happen, not to mention for Deshaun Watson himself to have the marketability of being the king of New York City, the quarterback within that city. He is going to make bank. What you're looking for as Deshaun Watson is you want to be someone who stamps their legacy. And what better way to do that than to bring a team out of the dumps? New York Jets have the capital to do it, have the weapons. There money it in the is, bank. folks. That is our first topic. Sam finished up with one point there because you didn't give me any points. You just gave me the team. But you didn't give me too many facts. Tanner came in with four and Mike came in with four. You're right there with each other. Now, remember... Counterpoints can help reduce points for others as well. Next topic we're jumping into, we're going reverse order. So Mike, you're kicking it off, is who should pay more for Carson Wentz, Chicago or Indianapolis? The floor is yours. Simple fact is Indianapolis should pay more. They are the team that has the most at stake. They are the team that is built to win. They are the team that is closest to getting a championship. Are they a Carson Wentz away? Quite possibly. When you look at Phillip Rivers, he practically gave away their shot. The way he played was a borderline embarrassment. He can walk in. Carson Wentz is not the guy that you saw from his one good season, but he can walk into that team and be a serviceable quarterback, and that's all they need. They have the coach in place. They have a guy that can develop them. You don't want to go to an organization that has already proved failure with the quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. They had somewhat talent and made nothing out of him. Frank Reich can make a winner out of this guy. He knows Wentz. They know each other. They know where it's comfortable. That is the place where he can jump off and make an impact right away. And I'll tell you what, Carson Wentz will bring Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay with them, and that will be a Super Bowl full contender right out of the gate. You want that ring, you go to All right, Tanner, what you got? I'm 100% with Mike here. And for all the reasons I said for the Colts, absolutely. I think that the upgrade from Rivers to Wentz is maybe a little bit less than what Mike is saying. Was Phillip Rivers a great quarterback last season? No, but he still passed for over 1,000 yards. He still had twice as many or more than twice as many touchdowns as interceptions. So he was serviceable. Don't get me wrong, the throwing motion looks gross, but it got the job done. On the other side of the coin, the Bears should not invest in a quarterback. They do not need to go out and get one because guess what? Everybody who is somebody that can leave from Chicago this year is leaving. That team is going absolutely nowhere. 
So no, the Bears should not be paying out for Michael or sorry for uh, Carson Wentz right now because nobody wants to be there. Right? They're done. They've had their small moment with Mitchell Trubisky. Nothing's happening there. All right, Sam, close it up. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with Tanner on this. For me, it's less about who should pay more. It's more about which team should pay should let the other team pay more. And I think that, you know, with Carson Wentz, he is not a given at this moment. You know, we he's shown some flashes in the past, but you know, as a as as a Bears fan, you aren't really set up to win a Super Bowl right now. Them making the playoffs this year was more about how poor the NFC was and less about how good they were as a team. And Indianapolis is ready to hit it. Uh, you know, I think the Bears investing in Carson Wentz would be an awful decision for the future. So they should let uh, Andy take him. All right. We're jumping right to the next topic, getting these points flying. And we're going to talk about the preference that you have for quarterbacks in this draft. Fields, Wilson, or Lance? You can pick one. Give me your take. Tanner, you're starting first. All right. So I, as you all figured out last week, I don't watch very much college football. Because I thought that Jamar Chase played games last season. So so there's that. We know. What I do, though, I think better than some people that do watch college football is that I don't pretend that I am an expert. I am not a quarterback's coach. I am not a scout. And I'm not an analyst on a major network. I don't have my stripes. So I'm not going to pretend that by watching three hours of, of Zach Wilson, all of a sudden he's the best quarterback in the draft, right? And what most experts are saying that are scouts, that are NFL people, is that Justin Fields is the number two quarterback. That's what I'm putting my faith in. He was in a big conference, and he did it consistently. Whereas you look at Trey Lance, I love his upside, but he did it at NDSU. And then you look at Zach Wilson, he did it at BYU, right? So I think Justin Fields is the safest bet. That's who I'm investing my money in. I want the safety with Justin Fields. All right, Mike, I'm kicking it to you. So here's the thing. When you look at the NFL, what you want to see is people who've done it under the bright light, people who've done it on the biggest stage. And only one of these quarterbacks has, to be quite honest, if you weren't playing fantasy, probably only heard of one of these quarterbacks. And the reason is that he took down your consensus number one pick. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this is what Justin Fields does. He may not be the conventional prototype that they're looking for, but I think that realistically, the reason why you're seeing so many of these late faults coming out on Justin Fields is because everyone got a better look at him. You were able to nitpick him because he played up until that last game. And what he did, especially in that Clemson game, showed you the type of quarterback he was. I'm looking for a guy who's going to make those plays. Wilson might have the prototype body. Lance obviously has the rushing floor. I want to go with the the total package. That's Fields. Boom. There it is. And Sam, close it up. Yeah, I think I'm with both of you uh, going with Fields. Um, and I think both of you kind of hit on this, but sometimes when you're picking between these top prospects, you know, you don't want to necessarily – you want to – you don't want to play to win. You want to play not to lose. And Justin Fields, for me, is that player this year. Yes, uh, Trey Lance has a ton of rushing upside. Yes, Zach Wilson has been getting comparisons to Patrick Mahomes. But Justin Fields has the same type of upside, but he doesn't have the floor and the risk that comes with players like Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. So I'm absolutely going with Justin Fields. I think he has shown that he can do it. Uh, like you said, Mike, on, on the big field and uh, Justin Fields all the way. All right. We're moving on to the next topic. I think that this one's going to be interesting for us. Outside of JT, 
best sophomore running back in the 2021 season. Who is your choice and why? Kicking it to you, Sam, to start. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, I'm man. This was super tough when I was looking at this, but because there are three running backs that I love coming in the next year. Um, it's Akers, it's DeAndre Swift, and it's J.K. Dobbins, and they all bring something very different to the table. Um, the safest bet for me is going to be Cam Akers. I think he's in a great situation with the Rams, and um, you know I don't see the downside of DeAndre Swift where he's going to be on a really really bad Lions team. I think his volume is going to probably be the highest out of the three. So I love DeAndre Swift, but I, but my man, J.K. Dobbins, I think is set to put up Derrick Henry type numbers this year. I know they aren't the same player, but I think his rushing upside is going to really uh, push, his, push him up there. So my, my bet is J.K. Dobbins. Tanner? I think that um, Sam made a lot of great points for DeAndre Swift and then chose not to pick him. So I'll make a lot of great points for DeAndre Swift and then pick him because exactly like Sam said, there are not going to be a lot of exciting pieces of the offense next year beyond DeAndre Swift. I think that Kenny Galladay likely leaves. I think Jared Goff is much less capable than Matthew Stafford, obviously. Let me look at that trade. So I think that DeAndre Swift gets a ton of volume next year. And I look at Antonio Gibson. He likely will not get that volume because of J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick is a great running back as well. He won't get the same volume as Swift. You look at J.K. Dobbins and the way that the Baltimore Ravens operate, he won't get that volume either because there is a guy named Lamar Jackson rushing the ball there as well. So I think DeAndre Swift is the safest bet. He's going to get that volume. And Mike? I'm going to talk about my favorite player, at least bring some stats. DeAndre Swift is the choice for two reasons. If you look at their offseason, they brought in Anthony Lynn, who already said he's going to give him 23 to 25 touches. You all enjoy Austin Eckler? I sure as hell did. You give him the most talented running back we have coming out of that draft? Yes, I said it. The most talented running back coming out of the 2020 draft was DeAndre Swift. Then you add the fact that the best running backs coach in football in Deuce Staley decided to leave the Philadelphia Eagles and go to the Detroit Lions. What they did was they showed that DeAndre Swift is their man and they invested him. The offense coordinator is going to get him the ball. The running backs coach is going to turn him into a stud. And now don't forget, if you go back to this time last year, DeAndre Swift was your consensus 101. ADP. And only because people think cheering for laundry is intelligent is the only reason why he slipped in your draft. He was the most talented. He is the best pass catcher outside of Antonio Gibson. He is the best running back outside of Jonathan Taylor. You put him together like a Voltron. He is the most talented player in the best situation. Best offense coordinator. Best running backs coach. Watch my man go top five. Ooh. Cheering for dirty laundry. He brought it straight to you, folks. Straight to you. <laughs> We're going to take a step away. We're going to do two more topics here. And then I got a wild card topic that I didn't prep any of you for. So, oh boy. First one away from fantasy football, away from football a little bit, is best sports movie to date and your reasons why. Mike, you're starting it off. Huh, it's the Mighty Ducks. Come on, man. Quack, 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 quack. Flying V. Triple Deke, everything about the Mighty Ducks has everything you need. Even a kid who got his spot to shoot that penalty shot, not because he was good at hockey, but because his mom was hooking up with the coach. It literally had the amount of intrigue you could possibly want. The Bass Brothers coming together. It had these movies. It had the sequel. It had the number three that had some terrible points, but really some good ones. But the Mighty Ducks in and of itself is such a beautiful movie. A guy who's gone wrong, made his mistakes, has to do community service, raises these kids up, beats his old coach, shows him he's a winner, all-inclusive team, nothing wrong with this team, beats literally those preppy kids from the Hawks. Man, it was beautiful. Balled my eyes out. Love that flip. 
<laughs> All right, Sam, you're up. All right, so I don't watch a lot of sports movies, so this is kind of tough for me, but I'm going to go with Miracle. And I think it's kind of cliche to pick that movie, but I think that Miracle is just different than most sports movies because it meant something outside of sports. You know, it was it was this uh, greater uh, vision, or not vision. Wow, I'm doing horrible on this. I'm just going to pass it. I, I'm doing horrible, man. Just, just, just kick me out. I was giving you points there, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and delete those points, real. Yeah, just, and, just. Uh, he's uh, I don't watch sports movies. I tried. I was like, oh, I'll talk about miracle. Nope, Tanner. So I was actually gonna do a miracle, but after that, I think it's cursed. Um, so I'm gonna move on to my second favorite, which is Moneyball. And the reason why I love Moneyball so much is because I think definitely before. Moneyball and that movement started it was a lot of just guys that were in the boys club that were ex-NFL players or ex-NBA players or whatever that just said that they could see the talent and they could pick it out and they could build the team and they could build the roster and I think a lot of it kind of came down to yeah you could probably usually see it but I think sometimes you're getting lucky right with some of those I things because if you can't quantify it how can you really tell what's happening and I love the movement that we've had in the last 10-15 years of actually quantifying some of those like it factor things and i think that's really you need to have that when you're building a roster so that's why i love moneyball so much it shows that movement i think it's a great movement all right last football topic that we're jumping to right here is the most dangerous super bowl candidate that didn't play in super bowl 55 this year tanner you're starting it off i think this one's super obvious i think it's the rams and i mean you're upgrading massively at quarterback with matthew stafford i think people are going to see finally people are going to recognize matthew stafford for what he is which is on year to year a almost a top five quarterback i really think in some years he is a top five quarterback and now we're going to put him on a big market team surrounded by great weapons and an offensive minded coach for the first time in a long time maybe ever and then you have that defense which beyond the Packers game was just nutty all year long. I mean, you got the the wide receivers, the running back, the quarterback, the coach, the defense. It's all there. They're my pick out of the NFC right now to make the Super Bowl. Sam. All right, this is going to be an absolute wild hot take right now. And I swear this isn't me being a homer, but I'm going to pick the Vikings. This is why. I think our offense showed some crazy upside this year. But it's not about that. For me, it's about the defense. And we, we were down our biggest stars and four or five biggest stars, Anthony Barr, Daniil Hunter, Michael Pierce, Eric Kendricks, all of those guys. Maybe we sustained major injuries. And I think that's usually been our strength. And I think next year the Vikings are going to show that their defense is still elite. And our offense, we still have Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith Jr., Dalvin Cook. We have offense, offensive players all over the place. I think we're going to see a big step from the Vikings next year. All right. And Mike, close it off. Man, so I, I was going to go the Rams. Let me mix it up a little bit, though. I'm going to go the Buffalo Bills. I, I think when you look at the Bills, they are the most well-balanced team outside of the Chiefs. I think what you saw realistically when Mahomes went down is that the Chiefs are beatable, almost lost to the Browns in that game. So realistically, they're being carried by Pat Mahomes. 
that does present a possible window. You saw what happened in the Super Bowl. You saw how potentially that leads to a hangover. They have now played in the Super Bowl two years in a row. Carrying that amount of games oftentimes leads to fatigue going in. That opens a small window in the AFC. And let's be honest, the only team that has the horses to fill that is the Buffalo Bills. They have the hookup between Allen and Diggs. They have that defense. Can't really beat them well on the ground. Can't beat them on the outside. Honestly, if they can just shore up that defense on the slot, they can really make some moves. So I think that while Allen has to take another step forward, that defense carried him enough that he can make that next step. He can make that next jump to that like kind of Deshaun Watson tier as a quarterback. I think that's the team that has the hopes to go forward. And let's face it, they almost made it this year. So just a little step up and we're rolling one more year with that coach. Dayball staying. I think we have a great shot at seeing Buffalo representing the list. All right. We're going to close this off. And as you do these closing arguments, I'm going to add up these scores. I got scores per topic for you. But this last one, I need... I need you to be pristine and clear on what your choice is and why everybody else is wrong. And it is the 101 of game day foods. Tanner, you're starting. It's got to be some tasty dip for those chips, man. I, I just, I'm a chip guy. Anybody who's been around me knows I'm a chip guy. If you put a bag of chips in front of me, you better expect it to be gone by the time that I leave. And what better way to make it? game day that get in some nice buffalo dip or whatever it might be sam brought some extra some great buffalo dip to my super bowl party so i'm just writing off those coattails right now um but it's absolutely dip it is 100 dip whatever dip that you like though you know it could be buffalo dip it could be something else but it's dip all right sam I can't believe you just did that. I was gonna say buffalo chicken dip buffalo chicken dip is just amazing but uh, yeah, I guess I'll go with uh, some good old uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm. Um, that's something I, I really wanted uh, this year, and I didn't get it. But I just, I just feel like some classic wings, and specifically not boneless wings, but bone-in wings, um, are the best way to go. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I got for that. <laughs> all right, Mike. Man, so in in the time of COVID, y'all have learned nothing and you want to bring dips. So you guys want to take your nasty germs and put them all in a bowl and share those together. Uh, that shows you've learned oh, nothing boy. this year and it embarrasses me. And that's why I'm not allowed to go to concerts because of fools like you. So wings are okay, right? But let's face it, when you're watching a game, you want to be mobile. You want to be clean. And that's why pizza is your perfect accompaniment to any sporting event. You fold that in half. You basically just need a napkin. Man, you don't even need a plate. Forget about bringing a whole bowl of wings over looking like a savage <laughs> while you're checking out the honey in Section 3. Oh, be my better. Word. Okay, you want to be clean. You want to be quick. And you don't want to be spreading your damn germs around some dip bowl. So give me that single-serving pizza. Clean, quick, efficient, no mess, no carrying stuff around. You are money in the bank. You're good to go. Big play happens. You want to jump up. You're not throwing buffalo wings on people. You are set, man. Just one hand. Pop that in there. Second hand has a beer. You're watching the whole dang game. Money, money, money. Yeah, he absolutely destroyed you guys. Um, <laughs> Mike closing it out with his smack talk. Just absolutely just. I, I should just be. Just put me in my grave already, man. Just do it. <laughs> All right, I'm totaling these points up. But, Mike, while I'm doing that, why don't you give the folks a little shout at what you're working on, what you're doing over there at the Fantasy Intervention, where they can follow you, and all that good stuff. 
Oh, man. So you can find me at Daddy's Home FF on Twitter. That is honestly the easiest place to catch me. All my content's there. I'm on there probably way too much. Uh, always find the gang at join our circle underscore. That's the fantasy intervention. During the season, you can catch me there. Wednesdays at 8 o'clock doing in-season start, sit, waiver wire shows. This offseason, doing a bunch of guest spots. And what I'm trying to do is really bring up some of those writers maybe you haven't heard of before, bring some people into the fold. Uh, we just got Anthony Carenti, the Dynasty Drive, to join us. Uh, we just got uh, FFB Victoria coming onto the scene. I've been working with like Jeff, for whom the bell tolls, Taylor Connell, um, Air DJ. We literally have just a sick crew of people, uh, FF1 of a kind. Like we have this group that just amazes me. And honestly, all I'm tr- trying to do right now is pump them up as best they can. Uh, trying to be everyone's cheerleader, trying to make things happen for us. Uh, so yeah, realistically, um, doing stuff like this has been. The best thing I can think of doing this offseason, just chopping it up with my friends, talking football, playing some games. This has been awesome. So uh, that'll be most of the offseason. I, I don't like to keep my calendar tight in the offseason. I like just kind of float around like a fantasy nomad, I guess. So uh, hit me up on Twitter and I'll tell you where I'm going to be next. Uh, this next month, I think, is uh, I guess we're going to call it uh, uh, English month because I'm um, I'm hanging out with uh, my friends over uh, in England and doing some hey. of their shows. So I'll be doing some uh, some morning nice. podcasts, mixing it up a little bit. Uh, Fantasy Wildcard, Dynasty Island are, I think, the next two I have on tap. Uh, first one I want to say is February 28th and then March 12th. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of bouncing around, uh, making new friends, hanging out with old ones. And doing well, thank you so much for coming on the pod with us. It's always a blast to do this, and we hope you enjoyed your time here as well. I can I can single-handedly say that we have a very clear winner on the Let Me Holla game. The final score was Tanner had 19, Sam it's had me. 17, and Mike had 24. So Jeez, we have man. our winner. He's claimed the belt, and uh, it's it's too easy. It's too easy. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. So thank you again so much for coming out easy, with us. Man. I know that we all appreciate it. All right. We just wanted to preach uh, about this new show and we're trying to get some energy going with it. So we're going to do a Jersey giveaway. So hopefully you're listening. All you're going to need to do is retweet our latest post that we'll throw out there concerning the Jersey and give the account a follow. That's it. That's it's that simple. And then hopefully you'll be listening to daddy's home at, at daddy's home FF, AKA Mike on his channel and checking out everything he's doing as well. Again, we're so honored to have him on here. This is the FPO game show signing off. Have a good one. Peace. Bye-bye. Thanks Mike. See ya.